Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and com slash hypergig with details. Episode 268 is episode 138. Why paying off debt is important and attainable. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are rerunning a very important and attainable episode Mm. for the end of the year Mm. and getting everyone ready for these goals that a lot of our listeners are making. So we think that this is a trend. You know, we haven't surveyed the place, the space. But we think paying off debt is going to be another popular goal for the new year. And and this is why we started almost probably why we started this podcast. So it's a while not right for everyone. It is a topic that we're super passionate about and we think is important and attainable. Yes. And this is a great time of year to be setting goals. So if if you haven't already, maybe this is a reminder that it's a good time to think about it. Yeah. What do you want to focus on this year? Is it paying off debt? Great. Listen to this episode. We'll give you more motivation. Do you want it to be debt, but you don't think it's right time or you don't know what's the right Mm. time for what? Listen to this episode. It may help you figure things out so you know what your goal, your primary goal should be moving forward. But first, this episode is brought to all of us by leveling up. I think it's similar to a glow up or something along the lines of experiencing success or some level of achievement. Whatever the kids are saying. Not sure. I'm just an (laughs) elder millennial trying to make it out here in this influencer world. Either way, leveling up sounds good. And we think Mm. we have a way you can level up your finances, at least with the one week spending makeover. This is happening very soon. January Second through the sixth, that is 2023. Get used to it. Start getting used to saying those numbers. Two, zero, two, three. We 
Jen and I, Jen and Jill, are hosting a free one-week challenge with daily live sessions in your inbox, an exclusive pop-up Facebook <laughs> and community. Inclusive. It's going to be inclusive. Yeah, it's going to be both. In a very exclusive kind of way. <laughs> the goal of this challenge is that in five days or less, you have a clear picture of your past spending, a foundation for your values-based spending, and a plan to improve and implement spending that makes you happy, not guilty. There will be prizes, free PDF downloads, and so much more if you want to kick off your 2023 financial goals with a bang, or if you just want to level up. Join us for the one-week spending makeover at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash makeover. And did we say it's free? Mm, We should have. It's free. It's free. All right. So... As we head on, I know we still have, you know, 10, 11 days left of the year, depending on when you're listening to this, but it's not too early to start making those goals. And if you're in the Frugal Friends Club, we have been spending all month in a goal challenge where we are thinking about our goals. And more importantly, we're thinking about systems and habits to get to those goals. So not dream boards, vision boards. We're not woo-wooing it over here. We're thinking about strategies of implementation and good goal setting. And so that's kind of what we are bringing over in the replay of this episode. If you want more debt payoff info, content, stories, we have something special for you coming up in the new year. You're going to talk about it now? No, I'm not going to talk about it now. Okay, okay. Well, okay. you kind Just, of, if you've been listening for the past few true. months, you kind of already know what it is. But we got plenty of it coming for you. Don't worry about it. We also have a ton of episodes on it. We've got episode 212, which is a rerun of our Kate from Living That Debt-Free Life. She paid off $105,000 of debt. We've got episode 194, which is paying off debt and your mental health, like dealing with all of that while paying off debt with Melanie Lockhart. That was a really, really mm. great episode we played. Uh, we did at the beginning of the year. So we have a lot. Just look through the archives. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash episodes. You can just search debt. You can find all of our episodes on that. There are a ton. And while we don't advocate that frugality is only good for paying off debt or reaching Mm -hmm. financial goals fast, we do realize that it is an on-ramp, that paying off debt is an on-ramp to so many other good financial decisions. Uh, And so we advocate for it, we applaud it, and we want to support it. And that's why we have Frugal Friends Club. Uh, That's why we do so many debt payoff stories. And, And yeah, and we want you to know that it's important. It's not everything. And it is attainable. And so that's where we're going. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So let's get into this topic about debt. I think most of the people who listen to Frugal Friends have a similar view that they want to be debt-free. I think that is Mm -hmm. a view that many listeners hold. So we're not going to convince you that debt is bad because I feel like you already have your own reasons for knowing that. (laughs) But we are going to reiterate and emphasize some of the reasons why you should get out of debt that are not just financial. Mm. 
So if you have been a little jaded by 2020, let's reinvigorate you and re-inspire you to head down this journey that you already want to be on. And so our first article is from Money Crashers, and it's 17 reasons why you should get out of debt. What do you think about this one, Jill? Yes, I think it's a fantastic motivator. So like you said, Jen, this isn't supposed to convince you to become debt-free because I know that most of our listeners are, are already in that space and really want their debt gone, but to help motivate us in that direction. And I like the holistic approach that they took in this article, giving headlines to different categories and listing out financial benefits, mental benefits, physical benefits, relational benefits, uh, each supported by multiple bullet points underneath it. So I think we're not going to go through all of the reasons. It's definitely an article worth checking out, but I think big picture, there are a lot of benefits to our whole person, not just monetary. That can happen when we become debt-free. Yeah. I had a lot of flashbacks reading this because (laughs) I remember when I had $50,000 of debt and I was a single woman making $35,000 a year before taxes, and I felt a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And now that we are debt-free, I feel freedom from a lot of them. And so I think it's so important, like a lot of people will debate, should I just go gung-ho at paying off debt and get it all gone? Or should I balance it with other financial goals? And I think that decision for you really comes down to how much of these things on this list are you feeling? Mm. So if you're feeling a lot of negative mental, physical, emotional, relational things on this list, and I was, and so that's when going gung-ho and pedal to the metal is more beneficial to you than any math equation that can show you You'll make more money if you invest over paying off debt, whatever. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my view on all of this stuff. Mm, I love that, Jen. That's such great advice to help figure out and suss out what is more advantageous for my whole person. Again, not just monetarily, which direction should I head? For sure. So we'll start out with a few of the financial benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, the first one on this list, more free income. So people are always looking on how do I pinch pennies? How do I save money? Or like my budget is stretched so thin, I don't have a single extra penny. How do I save more? And I'm like, well, what if the answer is more money? Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) paying off debt instantly gives you a raise. Mm -hmm. And so that was initial why for me, because I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home parent. Now, as a parent, I realize that's the last thing that I want, but I wanted to have that option. And I knew if I couldn't make money, I needed to be a better steward of any money that we had coming in. Mm. So, Yeah. I liked number three within this category, which talks about being debt-free, it creates less risk. When we are in debt, we are just one financial blow away from disaster, which is what this article talks about, that any one thing 
could really derail us financially. But if we are debt-free, we have less risk because we're not in debt. We don't owe anything to anybody where they could collect wages or repossess your belongings or you name it, going into foreclosure, being evicted, needing to file for bankruptcy. Those things are heightened when we carry debt versus when we don't. And then it's also linked to your point, Jen, of having more income. So then we have more ability to use that income to save up for those emergencies. So it's almost like a a win-win, like a twofold thing where not only are we at less risk when we're debt-free, but then we have more money to put towards making sure we're even less at risk. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I also like number four is being debt-free gives you a better credit score. And credit scores are so mysterious, even to credit experts, because there are five components to a credit score, and, and I won't get into it, but the most important is your payment history. Obviously, if you are making regular payments that are over the minimum and trying to pay off debt, that increases your score. But people are scared to pay off debt because they think they need like a 30% debt to limit ratio. That's just a max. Like they prefer you have zero. Mm. And also they're scared of their credit length being shortened when you close out those accounts. That's a very minimal part of the score. Uh, It's like mid-level. But the second most important part is the amount of debt you have compared to your credit limit. And so- the more debt you pay off, especially like student loan debt, your credit score will start to increase. And then if you have a credit card that has no annual fee that you just keep in your closet underneath the shoes in the shoe box that you very rarely use and you just use it to build up a credit history, like history length, you're going to be golden. You're going to mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. You will not have to worry about your credit score. And so it is not that hard to get a good credit score or an excellent credit score. Mm-hmm. And paying off debt greatly helps you in that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really helpful advice to hear from you and to read in this article because I think that was like a myth that I had always thought, especially if you're aimed at purchasing large items like a home or something. It's like, all right, how do I get a good credit score? And I don't know, should I pay it off, pay off my debts? How's that going to affect it? It's like, No, it's good to pay off your debt. Yes. Yeah. And a credit score is important. It saves you so much money in the long run. It is important. It is not something that should be worried about so much, though. Mm -hmm. Pay off the debt, get those accounts closed, and then do it little by little after that. The last one under the category of financial benefits that I do want to highlight is that being debt-free can create better job prospects. And I would add at least more rewarding job prospects. And the reasoning that they give is that if you are in debt, then oftentimes we can feel stuck to the job that we're doing and living paycheck to paycheck and not really able to do what we want with the money, but we need to just be giving it to all of our bills and the debt versus if we take away that pressure, if we pay off our debt and we no longer have that bill, so to speak, there is greater freedom in that ability to not have to live paycheck to paycheck potentially 
or feeling more reward from the job that you're working because you're able to work that job and enjoy the benefits of what you're earning financially and not just giving it away every mm-hmm. month or every other week. It also, if you if you don't like your job regardless, then it does give you more permission and freedom to look elsewhere and not have to worry about, oh no, what's going to happen if there's a little bit of a lapse? Or if I choose to take a pay cut to do something more rewarding, or if it's going to take me a little bit longer to build myself up to a, a certain amount of income. So it just creates greater freedom and flexibility and the potential of finding more rewarding work when you don't put those pressures on yourself. Yeah. And I would also add that better job prospects don't always have to mean you're settling for less money. Mm -hmm. It's estimated that if you stay in your career, in your job for five or more years, and I'm sure I'm going to misquote this, but you could lower your total income earning potential by 50%. Whereas if you are increasing either being promoted or doing job hops to places where you can increase your income by 10, 20% every three to four years, you can make a lot more money over time. But if you're not financially secure, then it's going to make going to different jobs a lot more stressful. Mm-hmm. So you have the potential to take those risks if you are debt-free and don't have to worry about that bill in case a job hop goes south. The next category is the impact that it can have on us mentally to be debt-free. And the first one listed in this category is just that there's less stress. Mm-hmm. It is stressful to be in debt. And for some of us, it's more stressful than to others, but still there's a degree of stress that comes with knowing that your money is not yours. A good portion is owed to somebody else. It is gaining interest that you also have to owe. It just comes with so much mental space that it takes up, emotional space that it takes up causing stress. And when we pay that off, we take away that very significant stressor. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I remember having, like being in an apartment and sitting in my living room mm. with my couch that I got from Salvation Army that my roommate hated and feeling the weight of that mental load of looking at like my profile on Navient and seeing all of those debts and knowing how little I made. That is every time I hear something like this, it takes me back to a very insignificant moment, but it takes me back to like that moment. (laughs) I'm just feeling completely overwhelmed and hopeless. Yeah. And so now that I don't have that, like, Mm-hmm. I have so many other things to be stressed about. It's so yeah. so great. I don't that's one less thing I have to be stressed about. That's a particular type of stress when you realize that you are in debt beyond your means for repayment. Yeah. That's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming pressure that causes stress and anxiety, sometimes worry, which then can impact our sleep our thoughts throughout the day, and we'll get into this more and more, but so much then of what we're now going to be identifying even throughout this article is related to the ways stress impacts us Mm -hmm. uh, relationally, mentally, and physically. It's all related to the stress 
that debt induces. Yeah. And a massive reason to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, that leads into number nine on the list is paying off debt gives you better cognitive function. Mm. So in my course on cutting impulse spending, we talk a lot about how making better decisions means you make fewer impulse purchases. And that comes down to having better cognitive function, Mm -hmm. which means usually making fewer decisions during the day, yada, yada. But having less debt naturally improves cognitive function. So a 2017 study published in Frontiers in Psychology points to numerous studies showing that experiencing poverty, both in real life and laboratory conditions, impaired people's attention span, working memory, and self-control. So, and the article says it's a problem that feeds on itself. Obviously, you want to have less impulse spending if you're trying to pay off debt. Mm -hmm. So, it's just something that you kind of have to know at first you're going to suck at. (laughs) Like, you have to be okay with that and say, okay, I'm going to suck at this right now, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep getting better. And then as you get better at one, the other one improves and it just compounds on itself. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end, it says a 2017 study at the University of Singapore found that when people paid off debt, it reverses these problems. It found that participants reduced their debt, their cognitive function rose significantly, and they felt less anxious and became better decision makers. It's so interesting that this principle works both directions, Mm -hmm. that on the one hand, it can compound upon itself the stress and the way that that impacts every other aspect of our lives negatively. And conversely, when we are debt-free, it can have positive impact on every aspect of our personhood when that's no longer present. So there is hope in this, and that's the goal of what we want to walk away with is Mm -hmm. motivation and hope to become debt-free. Yeah. I know people place, and myself included, a lot of blame on themselves for impulsive behavior and making bad financial decisions. It's like, I want to do the right thing, but I always do the wrong thing. Mm. And so part of that has to do with where you are financially and the cognitive load that that takes on you. But know that you have the power to overcome it little by little. You just can't expect yourself to be perfect right Mm -hmm. out the gate. Yes, because it does take a toll on us, like we're talking about. It impairs our ability to think clearly. It has negative impacts on our bodies, and so we can't expect ourselves to be fantastic at this when there's a very real stressor happening. Mm -hmm. As it relates to physical benefits, becoming debt-free, Research has shown that those without debt-related stressors have fewer illnesses. And the article cites a survey that was done by the Associated Press that showed people with high levels of debt-related stress are more than three times as likely to suffer from things like ulcers or digestive problems than their counterparts with lower debt stress or no debt stress. And that's just shocking to me, the ways that our physical bodies can be so connected to our financial lives and the very real reality that it can have on our bodies 
the, the weight and the cost of this, right? It's not just financial. The cost is physical. And then how does that, I mean, speaking of compounding itself, then that creates medical bills mm -hmm. to be caring for our bodies in the midst of these stressors. It can feel overwhelming, but again, I want to say there's hope in this and it then benefits us physically to be out of debt because we don't experience that. There are fewer illnesses when we are not, when our bodies aren't trying to manage and deal with stress and anxiety and overwhelm. Yeah, I know that uh, firsthand because hmm. I got shingles. I, I still can't believe this, Jen. Oh my yes, gosh. I did so many side hustles and I worked myself up and within two months had contracted shingles, two months into our debt payoff journey. Ugh. Yeah. And I actually, I'm not the only person that has stressed themselves into shingles. So You know, yes, stress takes itself out on our bodies. Although I do think that's a bit of an example of being stressed about the debt repayment process even. And yes. I think that that's a fine line that, yes, let's allow this to motivate us to get out of debt and work towards it. But let's also be careful to not put unnecessary pressures on ourselves in the process. So once you've bought into debt, like paying off debt and being intense about it, that's fantastic. But let's keep a pulse on this because it is also not a goal that is worth sacrificing every aspect of our personhood to achieve it as fast as possible. There's also quality of life that is necessary in the process so that there can be longevity in it mm -hmm. to pay it off quickly, but also to not overwhelm ourselves beyond the point of return or beyond what we can handle in order to get at that goal. Like don't sacrifice mm -hmm. yourself on the altar of becoming debt-free because the oh. process can become stressful. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. Slash frugal. 
I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Yes. That was so eloquently said. Mm -hmm. Don't sacrifice yourself on the altar of becoming debt-free. Absolutely no reason to do that. Mm. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to jump into the relationship benefits. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So better relationships. This is something I did not realize would happen during our debt payoff journey. And at first it was... I don't know. It was kind of like the death of one person, but allowed somebody else to emerge from the ashes. That's so dramatic. (laughs) I love it. So, but the article says like being in debt stirs up like negative emotions and those can spill over into your relationships. I didn't realize that as much, but I realized that so Debt kept me from doing things with my friends. The the anxiety about debt. Like, I remember my friends were going to Disney sometime, and not even to the park, but just like went around Disney to support one of our friends that was doing a half marathon there. And I came at the last minute. I went, but like all day I struggled with, should I go? Should I spend the money? And that was when I was not even trying to pay off debt. Mm. So it affected me then. I wasn't cognitive of it, but I was so scared to pay off debt because I thought stuff like that was going to happen. And it did, but I actually, so I shed these friends that only wanted to do things that cost money. Mm -hmm. And then I found friends, I was forced to find friends that wanted to spend time with me and get to know me versus just do activities and go get drinks. Mm. And so I came out of it with really great friends, Mm -hmm. really, really good relationships and of much more quality than previous ones. Mm. Very interesting. You really brought that full circle, even though it felt dramatic at first. That was with it though. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, related to better relationships, they just kind of suss out the specific types of relationships that could see improvement, like a stronger marriage or being a better parent or being able to help others because you're able to turn more outward with your focus, with your finances, with your time and energy, because you don't have debt taking up a lot of that. And I just want to highlight the marriage piece. I think that If you are doing this together with a spouse, this debt payoff journey, even though there are for sure bumps and even landmines in the road throughout this process, if you do it and go through this together, you will come out stronger on the other side, more unified, more understanding of one another, 
an incredible feeling of accomplishment, which will bond you greater to one another, which then sets the stage for other goals that you can set as a couple. So my goodness, yes, just even overcoming something, whether it's debt or anything else with a partner is incredible for that relationship. And this is one of the things that can be super helpful as you relate to one another. So I just affirm all of these pieces. And I think when we can learn to manage stress, whether it's debt-related or otherwise, then yeah, we are, we're better for it. Our relationships thrive as a result. We experience better mental health, emotional health, understanding of ourself, all of these things. So I think... Mm-hmm relating to debt stress, learning to manage it while we're in the midst of it, and also just paying it off and getting rid of that stressor is fantastic. Yes, absolutely. So now that you know why it's important to pay off debt, our next article is meant to inspire you to let you know that this is mathematically and mentally attainable Mm. for you to do this. Because I think my biggest barrier before I started paying off debt was that I just didn't think it was possible. Yeah, I had a lot of limiting mindset, like limiting beliefs, which we're going to talk about limiting beliefs next week. But I thought it wasn't possible mathematically. And so for some people, it's not going to be I had $50,000 of debt and I was making Mm $35,000 as a single person. Like, yes, like I understand if you're in that situation, it's going to be hard. But wanted to give you some inspirational stories that we featured here on the show and then also some statistics that may make you feel better about your financial situation. Mm. I don't know. They're definitely not meant to scare you. We're not using scare tactics on the show, but... We have had a lot of people on Frugal Friends share their debt-free stories from all walks of life. So Jill, which of them do you stand out in your mind? Yeah, honestly, the debt payoffs that stand out to me are the ones where people pay off a lot of money on a small income. Mm -hmm. So we've got an episode, it was back in our archives at this point, but Sarah paid off over $30,000 of debt as a single person. And so for her, that was incredible given her life circumstances. Yeah. I have a list here of most of our debt payoff stories, not all of them. Mm -hmm. But if you want to write this down, this will also be in our show notes with links to these episodes. But we've got episode 14, where Amanda, her and her husband paid off six figures of debt living in California. We've got episode 18, where Allison and her family paid off six figures of debt on two teacher salaries. <laughs> we got episode 35, where Mary Lee and her family paid off another six figures of debt on a single income, and they did not do it super fast. I think it took them like six or seven years. So they were one of those stories where, yeah, it took a little while. Mm-hmm. We're a, f- a family of four on a single income, mm-hmm. and they still did it. And I love to see Marilee. She's easy budget on Instagram. And now she posts, like, she gets her, like, eyebrows done, and she gets her nails done, and she gets, like, th- all these things she values. Now she, like, <laughs> does them, which is so fun to see. Because it freed up income for her. Right. Yeah. We've got Chris Browning from Popcorn Finance. 
he lives in like LA, in the LA area. He and his wife paid off their debt. We got debt kicking mom, Angela. Her family paid off debt. She's got a great YouTube channel. And then Kate from Debt Free Life, she's an attorney. She paid off over six figures of debt. And that was episode 95. So people from all walks of life, Mm -hmm. all incomes, all living and financial situations, all time frames, all are capable Mm -hmm. of paying off debt. Mm -hmm. Whether you're married, single, kids, no kids, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's a story for you. I know we've got other stories in the archives where we got one, she paid off debt in her 40s, all kinds of things. Yeah, I think that the biggest variable in this is how much time it's going to take. Yes. It's not a matter of how old you are, how much money you make. These are all factors, certainly, how much debt you have. I think it's not a matter of if I can do it. It's just when. How long will it take based on the amount of money I make, the amount of debt I'm in, maybe my age, other financial responsibilities? It's possible, regardless of what those factors are for you. It's just time is going to be the question to answer. How much time will it take? Yeah. So this article is from Debt.com. And it's just personal finance statistics. And so we want to read some of them for you that will hopefully encourage you or put some perspective Mm. on what is average, what's median, and what is feasibly attainable. Mm. So the first one that I want to point out is in 2016, the average household earned $74,000, and the average expenditures were $57,000. So that leaves around $17,000 in free cash flow for the average household. So the median income take-home pay, which is more accurate, is $68,000. But that still leaves everyone, the average American, with over $11,000 in free cash flow every year. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are variables of where you live and what your circumstances are and how many kids you have and all of that. But yes, talking about on average, what this looks like and what we might have access to. And I think the point in looking at some of these statistics is to say a lot of our barriers to doing this or to be even making this a realistic goal for ourselves is I just, I don't have enough Mm -hmm. money or I'm not going to be able to, I don't make a lot. And then to say, well, let's look at what the average American makes and whether or not it's possible. If income is actually a good reason to say that I can't do this. And I think our argument is, no, it's not a good reason. We can based on what the median salary is or take-home cash, this could be possible. Again, might take a while, but it's possible. Yeah. I know 57,000 in average expenditures is high for us. I mean, we live in Florida, which is a lower cost of living state Mm -hmm. typically, but we live in a higher cost of living city for our state. And we, without being on any particular financial goal, I think we keep it under 50 Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So it definitely varies, but this is attainable. This is feasible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is quite an interesting site because you can click on 
your state or various states and kind of see the statistics for what is the average amount of credit card debt, the average amount of student loan debt, the average amount of people who are filing for bankruptcy in that year. (laughs) And so, yeah, it could be a motivator in either direction, whether you realize, Mm -hmm. oh, I actually carry more debt than the average or I carry less debt. I think either way, it can be an encourager and and a motivator. If statistics, again, are helpful for you. I know. Statistics are helpful for me more than like motivational speeches. So Mm -hmm. that's why. And the site is debt.com slash statistics. Very easy. If you Mm -hmm. are not driving, you can just pull it up on your phone and see. But yeah, the numbers motivate me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm over, I want to be average, you know? So, And speaking of holidays, (laughs) they talk about some of the statistics there since we are smack dab in the middle of holidays that the average American spends about uh, $1,050 on holiday decorations, food, gifts, shipping costs, all that. And 2018 study from Magnify Money reported that most Americans borrowed or the average American borrowed uh, about $1,200 to fund the holidays. So that's a significant amount of money just to go to holiday spending, like a yeah. one time a year, this amount of money going there. And, and I think it can beg the question of, well, what if we did scale back in that regard to put some of that money to debt payoff? And again, that wouldn't be for the rest of your life. It would be for the season that we are in debt to be able to get creative and maybe trim a little here and there to get us closer to that goal more quickly. I know. And I know a lot of people are like, well, how could somebody spend $1,000 on the holidays? But like- Easily, very easily. uh, Yeah. Think about every candle you buy that you see on sale around the holidays, the extra food, whether you're taking it to a potluck or maybe you're hosting someone or maybe you Mm -hmm. just want those like pumpkin things or those peppermint things, Mm -hmm. gifts you're buying for coworkers that you don't care about things on Amazon, like those, every little thing adds up. Yeah. Decorations, little things to have an outfit for a holiday party. Yeah. Everyone's like, I got to have it new every year. But like the matching pajamas. pajamas. Oh my word. The pajamas. (laughs) What a trap those pajamas are. Frick. Uh, And they're too hot to actually wear. I mean, I guess (laughs) you live in Florida. Florida. (laughs) Yeah. But they are too much. So um, family photos, those photo shoots, the holidays, it adds up. Mm -hmm. And you will realize that if you are budgeting and tracking your spending. So Mm -hmm. another statistic on this list is that a Gallup poll found that only one-third of Americans, 32%, maintain a household budget. And only 30% have a long-term financial plan that includes savings, and investment goals. So if you have this, you're in the minority. Well done. Right. But let's not land there, people. (laughs) Right. You are most likely to budget if you make at least $75,000 per year, which means the people that need it most, people with lower incomes, the majority are not budgeting. And I would venture to say, I mean, at least when I didn't do it, it's because I was scared Mm -hmm. of what I was going to see. So I didn't want to be confronted with that. But it's like this double-edged sword. If you don't do it, you're going to spend $1,000 on the holidays. And then if you do, you get confronted with the fact that you spent $1,000 on the holidays. So it's like Mm -hmm. 
You still have to do it though. Mm -hmm. So that you can maybe next year spend 800 and then next year six and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of going in the other direction. Yes. We all need a budget. (laughs) Every last (laughs) one of us in some way, shape or form, something to keep us on track. But especially if we've got a significant financial goal like becoming debt-free. It is all the more important so that you can even identify where do I have room to cut and what am I spending on things and how do I put more money towards this? And I think ultimately too, we cannot always blame low income as our reason for financial hardship. Sometimes that is the reality. And Jen, you and I have both made less than $40,000 a year, which is considered to be the poverty line. But 20% of people, at least in the States, are at that point facing financial hardship and making less than $40,000 a year. So unless we fall into that category, we really cannot blame our income as the reason for not becoming debt-free or getting at financial goals. Yeah. So on this survey of people that said they were facing financial hardship, one in 10 of them earn more than $100,000 a year. Wow. And 28% of these people earn fifty dollars to $99,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So, and we didn't even mention this on this article, the average amount of debt an American holds increases as their income creases. Mm-hmm. So you might think, oh, if I made more money, then I could pay off debt. No, if you made more money, you'd probably have more debt, (laughs) is what the statistics say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is consumer debt. So we won't just talk about student loans because, yes, high-income earners typically have more student loans, but it's consumer debt as well. Yeah, I think that this is a helpful thing to even realize, all right, where is the poverty line? How are we defining that in the States? And what does that mean? And Some of us might be there, right? I know that we've got listeners from a variety of backgrounds and finding themselves in a variety of situations. And so if you are below the poverty line, then okay, allow this to inform you for where you're at and engage with our community and your own personal, like local community to find resources to help you not remain in that place. If this is a goal of yours to rise above that poverty line, to be debt-free. Also, especially if this is an actual reason for you to be in debt, all the more reason to say, okay, what can be done to get out of debt? So certainly don't use poverty as an excuse for being in debt if you are not in poverty. And if you are in poverty, then there are resources. Take advantage of the free things in your community some of the resources that are available, even just knowledge-wise within the Frugal Friends community, within other financial communities as well, there is still hope. We don't want to say, okay, if you're above the poverty line, then, then great, don't use it as an excuse. But even if you're below the poverty line, there's still hope to increase your earning potential, to still be able to get at some of these financial goals. And we want to be a community that helps to support you in doing so. Yes, absolutely. And we also want to be a community that supports you in other ways. Like by improving your spirits and giving you what you want. Yes, and giving you the The Bill Bill of the the Week. week. 
It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, I would like to nominate my Uncle Billy for the Bill of the Week and also my cousin Bill. Um, and also I'm from Rhode Island, so Roger Williams. Thank you. Heyo, short and sweet, Samara. <laughs> yes. That I like Rhode Island. And I think part of why I like Rhode Island is because I can say the word Narragansett. Like the beer. Whoa. Right? Because I went there once. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Way to make that bill of the week about you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it is also about Samara's family and her state pride. Littlest state, biggest heart is what I say. Mm, so good. Thanks for <laughs> nominating. Not only did you nominate, but you got it, Samara, the yes. bill of the week. Congratulations. If you want to submit your Bill of the Week about your family, about your state, really about anything, you know that there's mm-hmm. really no limitations. Visit com slash bill. Leave us a bill. We'll listen to it and try not to make it about us, but no promises. No promises. Not when I'm around. Mm. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. And now it's time for the lightning round. Mm. It's here. You know it, whether you like the intro or not. (laughs) So 
Today, Jill and I are going to share our turning points. Mm. So why paying off debt became important to us and the moment we realized it was possible because those were definitely two different points. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing. You go first, Jen. Regale us. All right. So I already told you guys, my debt was a super mental and emotional burden for me. It was a real source of depression. And I do not struggle with depression typically. Mm. I wouldn't even say I struggle with anxiety, though I have had bouts where anxiety has given me seizures. Mm -hmm. So I guess I can't say that anymore. (laughs) But so much so, I compartmentalized and I hid from my debt. So it was always a negative thing in my life, which made it important. But it didn't become important to me to pay it off until it was important to my fiance. And basically it was like, hey, you agreed to marry me and now I'm going to pay off my debt. And I was like, why? Mm." And we were still in that like newly engaged phase. So I was like, okay, (laughs) anything you want to do, but I'm not really interested. And so that was the moment it became (laughs) important to me. And then You may have heard the story. I've shared it before. But the way he got me on board was just talking about like, okay, what do you see for our future? And what do you want? And he got me to the place where I was thinking beyond debt. Because in my mind, it was so overwhelming. All I could see was debt. Mm. And I couldn't see beyond it. So powerful. (laughs) And he encouraged me to just theoretically dream beyond it. Yeah. And so when I did that— that was when I said, okay, this is also something that I want to do because I would actually like to see this version of my life that I've dreamt. Mm, I like that. Yeah, not just debt-free for the sake of debt-free, but putting Mm -hmm. more reason behind it. I think that's a helpful motivator too. Mm -hmm. For me, I don't think that there's ever been a time that I have felt comfortable owing people something that goes beyond finances. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a good thing. (laughs) You're a giver, so I get that. You are are a giver, not a taker. My inability to owe people needs to be definitely fair, if not (laughs) skewed in the other direction. Yeah. So... (laughs) And I also feel like debt kind of happened to me. This is probably how most people feel too, like to wake (laughs) up one day and realize, yeah, this is real. I never had a credit card. I think maybe I opened one in college, but I didn't even know like how to use it. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I don't know. I think this is something good that I should do. Mostly I just had a debit card. So spending money that I didn't have wasn't quite a thing or an option that I even knew was available. Trust me, if I knew it was available, I might have done it. But (laughs) realizing and getting that final bill after I graduated college, I think like that's when it really hit me. All those years of just like signing the financial aid package and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, but this will probably just like go away somehow. I don't know. I don't know how my 19-year-old brain really processed what was going to happen to me at 21. But when I finally got it, it was like, all right, and now you have six months before it starts gaining interest. And then you actually do need to start paying us this money 
until all of this money has been paid. And that was my moment of realizing, this is real. This is all real. It's not just this number on a piece of paper that I sign away that allows me to keep going to college. This is real money I have to pay back. And I'm not going to lie, I was really angry (laughs) to be polite about it. (laughs) I was really angry when I had to pay back the loans I took out. I know. Part of it is that I felt like I didn't fully know what I was getting into because they present it to you like it's a financial aid package. It's predatory. It's not. It's Mm -hmm. money that you owe. So I was angry about that. And then I was angry about the fact that they make it seem like a good loan. Oh, this is like a good loan. No, it's still gains interest. Like you still owe interest on it and a real decent amount of interest, even though they try to make it. I'm getting angry again. (laughs) I know. You can tell. All right. Not even Amscot would give an 18 year old a payday loan that big. Yeah. Yes. Right. So (laughs) so there's your measurement. You can't even go to the bad part of town and get that much money. Like moving on. Moving on. So, (laughs) so I think, yeah, that was my pivot point where I think Honestly, anger is a decent motivator for me. It got me angry and I was like, well, I got to get rid of this. But I was also really overwhelmed because at that point I had my bachelor's in social work and I was stepping into a job where they were going to pay me $26,000 a year. And my loans were more than that. So that was overwhelming. So I knew that I wanted to pay it off and I knew that it was real money. And I just resigned myself to the fact that this is just going to take me forever. This is going to linger over me for forever. And I did feel quite overwhelmed by it. Yeah, man. I get angry as well thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I get so angry. Still angry about it. It's predatory. I think the student loan industry is predatory. Mm. Okay, so... When did I realize it was possible to pay off? Well, I don't think I realized it was possible. I think I was hopeful. And I think all you need at first is hope. That's it. Mm -hmm. You don't need anything more. You don't need math. All you need is hope. (laughs) And then, because you're going to suck at first, and the math's not going to work out. (laughs) But as you get better, then the math will start to work out. And that is when I realized Mm. that we could do it. Yeah. We got married. Travis didn't have a job. I was making probably maybe 40K at, at mm, that time. Living off of love. Isn't that what they call that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Not were living food off and of oxygen, love. but love. For sure. Um, I was so skinny. It was the best. <laughs> and then we started making more money and we, and we started controlling our spending and budgeting. And the math what we thought was going to take us five years ended up taking us less than two because the math started working in our favor, the better we got. But I didn't see that until we were like in it, like several months in it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to start with that little Mm -hmm. bit of hope and put one foot in front of the other. I think it was similar for me. I started immediately, right? I had a job. I needed to start paying back this loan. I chose to do as much as I could. I did not do the minimum payment, but even, you know, so $26,000 a year, I was not making much, but I did choose. I looked at what our other expenses were and what's the maximum amount that I can do and also not shoot ourselves in the foot. So I paid more than what what we had to pay every month. But still, I knew this is going to take me a really long time. But I think I started to see the reality to being debt-free and the light at the end of the tunnel 
nowhere near the middle. But when I started to make more money and I realized, oh, life isn't always going to be me earning $26,000 a year, that in this debt payoff journey, I can gain a skill set. I can get raises. I can switch jobs. I can make more money and pay off more debt and be more financially free in this process. And I think that really spurred me on and gave me an even greater injection of hope in that process to realize, oh, I'm not stuck. This isn't a static, stagnant process where I'm only going to ever be able to pay so much off. Uh, There are possibilities in this. I think in that way, it almost gamified it for me where I had these Mm -hmm. little benchmarks of, oh, okay, I just got a little bit of a raise, which means I can increase the amount that I put towards my debt. And then, oh, I just got a bonus or somebody just gave me a birthday gift. And I was motivated to put the majority of that to my debt. And I've not regretted it. I have not looked back on the fact that like five birthdays in a row, any money that came in from any avenue went straight to my debt and Golly, am I grateful. Yeah. And there's, and it's stuff like there's financial stuff you don't learn until you're on that journey, or at least for me, Mm. I didn't learn until I was on the journey to pay off debt. And like if you wait until you're in a quote unquote better financial situation, then you miss out on all of those lessons. And like, yes, you're making slower process in the beginning, but you're learning more. You have more time to learn so that when you get to that better financial situation, you're already so ahead and you can do so much more with the more that you have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember when you paid off your debt. You were at my house I was when at you became debt-free. Your house when I became, yeah, I became debt-free in 2020. Oh, goodness, mm-hmm. before the pandemic struck. And yes, what right before. a blessing that right. was. And we say that, right? Like less risk. Yeah, I was able to walk into the pandemic with a whole lot less stress on me because I didn't have that debt payment. I didn't know what was coming. Oh, goodness. I'm so grateful for that piece. It was a hardship in other ways, but I didn't have that additional piece on my shoulders. I'm so grateful. Mm. Yes. Yes. It hasn't worn off either. We're, yeah, going to be coming up on a year of being debt-free and... Man. Yeah. Still so thrilled. The thrill of it has not gone away (laughs) riding that wave. I truly believe that feeling is available for everyone. Mm -hmm. If you want it, it's available for you. Mm -hmm. And we are cheering you on in whatever stage of life you're in. Because you can increase your income. You can cut out expenses. You can get better and better and get to that financial place that you want to be. Mm -hmm. It is possible. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that this episode was the motivation you need and the inspiration you need to either start that journey or keep fighting Mm -hmm. for it. I hope that you enjoyed that episode the second time around as much as so many people did when we played it the first time around. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like serving up some leftovers. Sometimes after it marinates... It gets even better. Mm -hmm. I think that's this one. And it's interesting for me even thinking about my views on debt 
now. I mean, mm-hmm. we were debt free when we recorded this episode, but I would say I've even experienced shifts since then in I think how I think about debt and approach to it. I I think I'm becoming less and less this kind of shame attached to it or super averse to it forever and always Mm -hmm. and kind of the more like radical middle understanding of sometimes it can serve us financially to take on a loan for something if done intentionally and in wisdom and and as a stepping stone for something else. So yeah, it's, it's cool to see the different ways of approaching the way we can shift and change and the flexibility for that. But also at the end of the day, it's still is a fantastic aim for any one of us. Yeah. And I still remember talking in the lightning round how my debt was a mental and emotional burden. And Mm -hmm. while maybe mathematically it could have made more sense to do some other things at the same time we were paying off the debt, it was really worth it for us to maintain that focus and, and get that off. And maybe if I had realized the the scope of choices that I had, I would have made different decisions, but I didn't. And that's why we're here today with the show uh, to share those, to share, you know, what's could be right for you, uh, what may not be right for you and let you decide. Yeah. Not a one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. I mentioned at the beginning, we have the Frugal Friends Club, which is a private community for listeners who are trying to pay off debt. So we have money challenges every month. Uh, We're introducing like mini courses and videos of our expert interviews so that you can learn the skills to get ahead with money and also Keep the motivation and accountability that's so crucial when you're in a debt payoff journey that's going to last you more than like three weeks. So <laughs> that this is the goal of the Frugal Friends Club. And so we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This is Brittany. Brittany actually leads our open accountability group every month. Uh, and she says... I have been saving the past six months so I could do a lump sum payment for my car insurance. Usually when I pay my insurance, I have to use my checking account, but I was able to use my credit card on this one. I was already saving money, so I have the money to pay it off, but now I'm getting cash back on this big payment I was already making. And girl, that's just, that's a mm-hmm. stash it, stacking rewards, that stacking savings. Hacking mm-hmm. this. Well done that you anticipated this expense. You do see it coming. It's Mm -hmm. not an emergency expense. You know it's happening. You were able to save ahead of time and then utilize the tools and resources you have to make it really advantageous and something kind of fun to make a lump sum payment Mm -hmm. and excited to see what you do with some of that cash back. Yes, absolutely. So congrats, Brittany. If you have made it your goal to pay off debt in the new year, then please, please, please check out the Frugal Friends Club. We have a lot of fun in there. There's a lot of great resources on not just saving money, actually very little on saving money. That's all in the free stuff. But we have resources on side hustling, investing, increasing your income, negotiating. So a lot of the peripheral stuff that's going to help in the long run. So frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. See what we've got coming up for you. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. 
Jen. Jill. Is there any type of purchase or circumstance where you could see yourself reasonably going, like taking on debt for it? Yeah, a car. Yeah? Yeah. When we, the next car we get, we'll definitely take on a loan for not a huge loan, um, but there are other places where we want to allocate the savings we have. And so we have really good credit. SOAR rates would be really low. And depending on how low those rates are would be like how much we take out. Uh, but, But yeah, we fully plan to, I fully plan to. Travis does not yet know that we fully plan to. Travis plans to ride a unicycle mm-hmm. around wherever Travis, he goes. Travis thinks it's 2012. And so he keeps showing me like cars from 2003 and 2006. And I'm like, this isn't bad, but it's not good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a 20 year old vehicle at this point. I think I I can still have that in my, my mind. Anything over 2000s, like born yeah. within the 2000s feels like, yeah, that's newer. And yeah. then I remember it's almost 2023. Mm-hmm. Holy yes. And uh, I realize that the prices of cars have gone up, but I don't think he's, uh, he's maybe hasn't had a car payment in 15 years. It's been like, it's been like seven yeah. or eight for me, Yeah, but it's been much longer for him. And it's a hurdle. And yeah, and so I realized the price of cars have gone way up from yeah. the last time we purchased. And so, and honestly, if we didn't have renovations and other things where we wanted to put our money, then we would pay cash for sure, mm-hmm. um, like we have done in the past. But we didn't have a bunch of things we were trying to pay for yeah. and not, you know... It's much better to take out a car loan than it is to put those things on a credit card or a personal loan. Yeah. So that's kind of the uh, deal. But I'm trying to avoid the car purchase as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. Sorry, Matt. Stay tuned. <laughs> Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 